My name is Paul, and I'm a comic book geek. My name is Hugh, and I'm an all-purpose geek. My name is Corbs, and I'm a sports geek. My name is Jack, I'm a history geek. This is GeekPod. City Comics and Toys in the Shopping Town Mall for the in-store Comic-Con. We have Josh sitting down with us. Josh is the assistant manager. The assistant manager or manager? He's uh, the manager. Head, head monkey in charge. Head monkey in charge. Head uh, but, but you know what? We know Josh has one of the most knowledgeable people on comic books, period, that I've personally ever met. I don't know about you. If you've got an ace up your sleeve, you're going to introduce one of these days. But Josh is definitely the, our go-to person. Josh, how you doing? Today? I am good. Uh, thank you for the introduction. That's uh, large. Um, <laughs> I, don't, you're wearing, I don't know if I can really wear that hat, but, Dude, you're um, wearing a vintage plastic man t-shirt. That's that's all you need. <laughs> okay. There's your credibility. Yeah, all right, I appreciate that. I didn't even know they made plastic man t-shirts until today. When I found this t-shirt, it was an easy, easy buy. Um, I'm a big B-list, C-list, D-list character guy. Uh, your metamorphos, your uh, your ultra uh, plastic man, um, crazy quill. Uh, those are the guys I like. Um, I don't like the easy. You know, not to say Superman and Batman are awesome and the movie's coming out, but anyone can like Superman and Batman. You know, it's like, who are we going to see in this movie coming up that we're, we're not expecting? Who's going to sock us in the mouth? Uh, who's going to be frozen in Lex's lab and we're going to catch a quick sneak of them? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, you know, we don't know. And uh, the, this is the first time that they're really putting the DC uh, full form media out in your visual. Um, so I'm excited to see how they how they represent what I see in my brain. And uh, I've seen what they're doing coming um, prophetically. Uh, I had a conversation with a pretty critical man a couple months ago about the movie and basically laid it out for him how I thought it was going to go. And then the trailer started going down. And I was like, I could have been like first boy or grip on this film, you know, some, <laughs> something, so I could have done, I could have done it somewhere. Do you need to look for your name in the credits? Maybe someday in the future I'll look to work with something like that, you know, I feel like that might have a little bit of wasted potential. And then, uh, you know, becoming Batman needs more money. I, I will need more money to do that. But I would just, for some reason, I think that I would, you know, I could write stories someday. And, you know, at least that maybe have an impact on how they present their media. I'm a diehard DC guy. Sorry out there for the rest of the world. You know what the key record is, Josh? You said you can write stories someday. You can write stories now. No, this is true. Yeah. That's how you get it. Yeah, I would, you know, and um, I'll find the time. I think I'm just getting to the point in my, my life where things are slowing down a little bit, uh, where I'm kind of forming a a solid progression of things that I want to do and things that are important to me. Um, and that involves having, uh, having the best comic book store in Syracuse, New York at the moment. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to grow up. It's not like, uh, it's not, I, I've been arrested development as long as I possibly can. And I've been 12 for as long as I possibly could. And yeah, thank you. Uh, comics are found with you. For the people that haven't found that out, yeah, come and gaze upon our beauty. Um, it's a fact, you know, we, uh, we enjoy uh, the things of our forefathers, we enjoy the old things, all the way up until what Jeff was talking about in the earlier segment, the rebirth that's coming, and Civil War II, and the new ideas coming out of the big two, and the other companies that he, uh, that he mentioned, I mean, and Pony Press, you know, we just had a great experience out in Portland, and you guys talked about that for another segment. Um, and it's just nice to have them uh, have our boss back integrated on the comic book format. It's going to help us push uh, our awesome uh, product, uh, Cloud City, uh, further in 2016 than it's ever been. Um, I don't think he's ever looked so far in the future with his company before that he is right now. And that's exciting for me because it makes me feel like I have some small part in it. Um, just the fact that there is a, a future in the paper form is, you know, kind of like working up a treadmill. You know, like the, the whole world is trying to remove our media and we're, you know, indomitably standing on top of Comical Mountains. And everyone's watching our movies, wearing our t-shirts, putting on our hats and, and hanging out at our stores. Um, which today is, uh, I'm sure you guys have talked about, but today's the convention kickoff day. Um, we've had, uh, you can get, Three variants, Power Man, Iron Fist, Harley Quinn, and Jonesy. They're only available in about 300 or 400 brick and mortar stores in America, which is a small percentage of the comic stores out there. So it's a nice, uh, pretty select group to be involved in. And these guys are really eclectic comic book people. They're, they're the highbrow, you know, elder statesmen. So it's nice to kind of get some input out of them and, and wrap it into what we're trying to do with 2016 here at the store. Which I don't know if you guys talked about, but we did move the store around. It yes. looks different in here. It looks fantastic. Did Jeff talk about that at all? He, he said something about part of the series following the We We literally moved everything out from under a deluge 12 hours before the deluge. It, it was like, it rained hours after we moved our stuff before a giant roof leak happened that we destroyed an incredible amount of value for our store. So just that uh, we know timing is right for us, we're moving in the right, in the right direction at the right time, and uh, make it till you make it, you know, we're going to keep we're going to keep having wins like that if we keep putting ourselves in a position to do so. Um, but other than that, what's up with the Geek Pop world? What are you guys talking about? What are you guys excited about? We've really just been kind of talking about this. Um, I did uh, put out a, a reading list for most of the people that they don't give any rights on comics, and people who don't usually read comics. We wanted to kind of keep today mostly comics uh, oriented, which is not something we're always able to do. Sometimes yeah. it gets away, away from us because other forms of media are much, they, they involve less work to consume. And uh, a lot of times, people probably don't think of that. Today, they tried to bring it back. And, you know, people reading the comics, I really like comics. Yeah, I, I, I feel like a, a great analogy for the comic book is like a gold mine. All right, you just have like all this mud and dirt on top of, uh, and, and 
there's all this uh, there's the trees growing out of the mud and dirt like the trees would be like the movies and the television and it's sprouting all these and this new life form in the media and people are eating that stuff up and really enjoying it um, but you know to get to that base goal to get to that good stuff you have to knock all that down you have to look through that you have to clean all that out and you have to look for the shiny nuggets you have to look for the, the key issues you have to look for the partial keys, the cameos, the, the cover uh, errors, the, you know, those are the chases and comic books that make it valuable. And not valuable in the greed sense, the money sense, but valuable in the fulfillment sense. Uh, finding a book that is uncommon and rare for just you, just you find it uncommon and rare, you like it that much. I think people get caught up in the value of our media a little bit too much. It's not about putting your kids through college on paper. It's about it's about uh, enjoying the stories, letting them enrich your life, taking the moral code, code, the norms, the mores of the of the entire genre, and putting it into possibly you know something that you want to put out or emulate, uh, your role model like. And I think comic books are a silent role model for a lot of kids. Uh, escapism is a great word for it, but I think it's much more like uh, adventurism. You know, you're, you're going in to have an adventure, and few quiet ways in this world can you do that anymore. Books are a great way to do that. Novel form, graphic novel form, comic book form. Comic books just happen to be the most popular form of print media today. And I used to, you know, I used to laugh when you say something like that. But now, there's no, un it's undeniable that the comic book is the most prevalent print form of media on the planet. Newspapers are dead. Is that taking into account normal books and things like that? Um, I'm just curious. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think yeah, normal books, sure, bestsellers, uh, you know, on the New York uh, bestseller list are great. Um, they're few and far in between, you know. I just think that the amount of comic books that are out there, the amount of the places where you can jump in is just they're everywhere and they're, they're for everybody and as long as we continue to read them and they won't go away um, like uh, digital formats are a good stepping stone to get in touch with some some comics but uh, like I said with taking off that top layer and going to look for the actual you know the actual hard uh, composite the, you know comic book um, I've seen some of the best comic books in the last so, year and a half I've ever seen in my life. Really and um, just those moments of seeing them, you know, or why I'm even in this. Uh, let alone if I had the shot to own some of them. You know, I, I, I'm an avid collector. Um, I can't turn them down. Sometimes my paycheck goes right in the comic book. So I'm in a, you know, I'm in a catch-22, but I, I feel that I'm winning that. You know, I feel like I'm doing as well, or if not better than the stock market, my purchases. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, but comics are something, there's something to be said about patience. You know, anybody can go on eBay and order up your comic collection. You know, that's for people with money. Comic books just be 10 cents, and not every kid can have them. So they have to wait for somebody to tear the cover off, and they get it for a nickel or six cents. And that's the only way they were able to get them. Some of them had to fight their brother to get them after he was done. Because he had a big round for able to get. Now, how many titles do you have? Ballpark. Oh, man. Titles in the store ballpark. It's, 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 no, uh, I would say that we're on the wall right now. There's probably 
190, 220 titles running right now. Um, and it changes every day. It changes every Wednesday. A new number one comes out. A book gets canceled. Um, it, it's just, uh, I don't like, it used to be like 13 to 15 came out from DC every week. Uh, 12 to 15 from Marvel every week. Uh, 3 to 7 from Image every week. You know, so they, they had their areas. Marvel really held a large portion of that area for, you know, the historical past. Like, I think as long as we've been alive, Marvel's been on top of the charts as far as sales of comics. Um, and DC's tried their hardest and they killed their best characters, you know, to try to get a giant portion of the readership, but it just wasn't, you know, Marvel's always commanded the, the love and respect of those Silver Age guys. And yeah. those guys are still around and they're still distributing and reading comics. Um, and the transference of knowledge from that generation to my generation is why I'm even here. Welcome back to the store. Right now, we're gonna we're gonna take a little pause here. Because Josh also has to go in the store while we're doing this. So, uh, any thoughts? What are you talking about? Really? <laughs> So that's one of the things New 52 did right is they tackled that particular issue head on by having to acknowledge that it's tired of the jokes. Like it used to be we joked about it. It wasn't that the jokes happened in the books necessarily. It wasn't part of the narrative. I think that was a really strong idea. That, that's why they spend so much time drawing that cover. Well, you know what I, I think is fascinating for me is, I, I think we discussed that I've always been a Marvel guy, except for that one, I love that one. I like the heroes of the DC Universe, their, their flaws and all that. I mean, yeah, I knew all of those little pieces. I had never put them together in that format, which, you know, people always say that, you know, Marvel's different because they're, you know, they're doing realistic and they have flaws. I never realized that just because they're DC Universe, I'm like, it, it went the same, it's the same hand to hand, it's the same idea. Yes, That actually made me want to read two Oh, yeah. And we, we have Josh back. On all right. Sorry, I had to take a break to work calls, but we're back for fun stuff. Did I hear you say something about reading the Lantern? What, what was that? Well, Rewind for eight seconds. Okay. Just tell me what you said right there. Uh, I don't know if you caught this part um, when we were talking to Jack, but we asked him about Rebirth. And just because the announcements that have been given to the general public have been so vague, that I was basically saying, they're saying, we're going to get back to what makes our heroes great. I don't even know what that means because I can still get Superman, you know, every single month. I, I, it felt almost like double speak to me, and, and I, I didn't want to view it negatively, but I just really didn't understand what they were saying. Now I, I don't. Jeff kind of laid some of that out to us. Okay. 
but something he said kind of blew me away. We were just talking about it. Yeah. Marvel has always been lauded for having characters that are realistic, that have flaws and things like that. And it seems kind of like it was supposed to be, you know, more fantastic. And I mean, I'm guilty of that. I've been a Marvel guy most of the time, except for Batman. And he kind of laid out the the deepest, darkest parts of all of the DC heroes. And did you catch that when he talked about how Flash went fast, but not fast enough? I, I mean, all of our um, all of our superhero archetypes in DC are uh, critically flawed. Um, that's the, that's the crux of, of a lot of the DC universe is those critical flaws. Um, Batman is just uh, he basically creates villains. He is, it's like his flaws in himself create these responses out of the criminal world. And, and if he wasn't as crazy and solving these problems, and, and then the Riddler would never exist, or the Joker wouldn't have, you know, feet to stand on because Batman wouldn't be putting cake down on sitting on a gargoyle. You know, he creates them. Superman is uh, indestructible, but you know, incredibly human. You know, raising the Kansas. Um, I gotta pause for one more second. That's all right. Hey, there is nothing right. wrong with pausing to go south. Well, yeah, you can see people are very happy to be here and purchase some stuff from this fine store. It's nice to be one of them, see what they're I like that. Uh, yeah. You like seeing happy people? I do like to see people happy purchasing them. Are they No, they're, they're tasteful. You know, you couldn't have gone without it holding hands, you had to sing a song. <laughs> I didn't know the song. It was before your time. Yeah. Thursday would be four Actually, I was born on Thursday. I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, here we go. Oh, we're not going to be able to stop it now. It's just going to go on and on and on. <laughs> he actually grabs his nose. Does Catchy get help? <laughs> You know, it, it's, it's so hard to yes. keep the conversation going when he starts doing that. Quick. What's that? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, I guess I'd never looked at DC's heroes the same way as Marvel's because they were always more godlike. Well, it's like, okay, well, we have super heroes. Um, aside from just the you know, explanation of Superman, it's always been like, you know, bullets bounce off and deep talk over and see the bow and nothing can hurt him. And it's unrealistic. Now you've got, like, a uh, bullet out of bat. Okay, guys in action. <laughs> he can do some amazing stuff, but he also gets his chance. Like pretty much every time he goes, you know, he goes up, up with me. Yeah. Um, and he's got his issues with his past. And that's what I think. So he always gets, uh, you know, he's, he's cool, he can kick you know, some butt, but he also, you know, he's got issues. <laughs> I'm just all about it. I just like that. They're superhuman, but they're also human. Well, that's the reason, honestly, yeah. that's why I really have Superman. He's the godlike creature. And that's why I do like him. I know. I know he's always going to be there. Right. Instead of Superman, it's really just a god or something. He's not man. Dude. Well, it's okay. Like, I respect Superman. I 
because Jim was in charge of DC Comics. And he wanted to use his characters. I can't blame him. You know, Grifter's a great character. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a Caitlin Fairchild. There's a, there's a number of uh, characters being used right now, Hellspawn, in the DC Universe that are that are mar or that were not DC characters. And uh, so once we get everybody in the same swimming pool, now we can have this hopefully fun event. Um, and we've seen Hellspawn recently. We've seen him. You know, they've dropped them back in. Uh, Superman's featuring the Stormwatch Hellcarrier thing right now, the Stormwatch ship. So all these things that they laced in the beginning of New 52 and before are kind of coming together now. And so I, like, I look forward to the rebirth as being in the, a little bit in the dark because I don't mind the surprise. As, well, a, as a reader of so many years, I don't mind when they have a little bit behind the curtain. Um, uh, trailers and spoilers, you know, began. I think it's always good to show up on Wednesday and not believe what the last page of that comic book offered you. And go ahead. I, I was going to say, uh, I don't, and I don't want it to come out that way. My whole issue with the announcement wasn't that uh, they didn't tell us because we're used to things like when Secret War was announced. Marvel kind of said there's going to be a big event and things are going to kind of start over. It, we didn't know what was going to happen, but we understood what it was. Uh, my whole thing with Rebirth, and it's not even, I don't even know how to feel about it. It's not a negative feeling, is I didn't understand what they were saying or what. I couldn't even uh, speculate about what it could mean because it, it was, uh, let me put it to you this way. Let's say Taco Bell came out and said, you know what? Our tacos aren't what they used to, used to be. You know, we feel that we've gotten away from our roots and we're now going to reintroduce the taco to you. You know, they're still tell selling the tacos. They're the exact same tacos they've been selling for the last 30 years. But this taco is going to be more, more taco-y than any taco we've ever sold. Oh, I like taco. Okay. Yeah, yeah, now, that, that's kind of how I felt. That I, I just, I, I'm not against it. I like tacos. Taco-y tacos sounds great. But I don't know what the hell you're saying. Sure, sure. So that's kind of how it came. Yeah, uh, so I, I feel like they... Um, they listened to the people a lot in the last three or four years. They they took feedback. They tried to offer a brand of comics that were um, for many people, not just uh, not just one uh, uh, area or one group. Um, and I feel like some of those uh, flat out failed, and they just weren't read. And people they, either people missed them, they weren't promoted properly, or it wasn't their time yet. There's books that came out 20 years ago that are just hitting their stride just picking up in value because they were good. And that's all I request out of it. If they're going to make these bi-monthly comic books about my favorite heroes and and bring them to me in a rapid pace and ask me to pay for them and continue with the journey with DC Comics and Marvel Comics, they're going to have to, you know, deliver a quality product. And I think that I've never had that perspective more. I was always a consumer. I was a rabid consumer of DC. I read the most horrible Spectre comics and terrible Firestorm <laughs> and abysmal Hawkman. But I would read them because they were fan favorite characters of mine and I enjoyed the takes on their characters. Um, I would just uh, implore them to just give us good story. It doesn't have to last for a thousand issues like Action and Detective are, are hopefully going to. You know, it doesn't have to go that far in every instance. But bring us quality product. Um, I cite books like All-Star Superman as like a great example of a 12-issue story that had an A and a Z and you got a great ride in between and 
Uh, and then it was over. And it was collectible right there, boom. You had your, your run of All-Star Superman. Could they ever go back and have Grant Morrison do more work like that? Yeah, because it's still open to do that. But I think the, uh, one of the big mistakes of a lot of titles is running it till it's dry and then trying to do crazy things to reinvigorate it, like variant covers or add Deadpool or Batman or Harley Quinn into it or you know any splash the pot they can do. I would just rather them stop, recollect, wait a little while, and deliver me another good story. Um, I believe that's what Marvel may be doing with Fantastic Four. Just giving them a cooling period. They got some recent rights back, I believe, to kind of chase the characters again in the media format. So I hope that uh, a new Fantastic Four will come to everybody who really wants one. So you think that, that Marvel got the rights back? From what I understand, they made some kind of trade. They made some kind of trade for the X-Men TV rights or something like that, don't quote me, but I think there's some sort of deal on the table of X-Men television rights, it's Marvel back, the ability to make Fantastic Four. Um, that would be nice. And then uh, we got the, the argument between uh, Chris Evans playing... Uh, oh, um, well, they're not going to use the same. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine the same actors. That's what the cooling period is for. Uh, you won't see Chris Evans as, as Captain America for much longer, I don't think. I just have a feeling that Marvel is going to move to the next phase of their movies and Young Avengers and other prismatic interpretations of your characters might be displayed in it. Because you've gotten, you've gotten 15 movies at least, maybe even more. Let's go back all the way back to Blade and start counting there. You know, where, where, can we, where can we really start when the Marvel movies were began? Where did the MCU kick off? Daredevil? You know, where did... Uh, I'm just saying... Uh, I'm just saying, where did it really come into its full form fruition? And Because and, it is it is a juggernaut. And if you sit down for Marvel Movie Day, it might turn into Marvel Movie Week. Because there's a lot of media out there for you to watch back to back to back to back to back. And that's great. And I hope that with Superman versus Batman, uh, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, whatever they call it, BBS. Um, <laughs> the new Wonder Woman movie? The new Wonder Woman movie? Yes, excellent. I'm, I'm more of a fan of Wonder Woman than either. I can't wait to see her interpretation. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be great. Well, that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think if there's ever a time in history for Wonder Woman to be important, it's now. Um, I, I don't have enough Wonder Woman comics, I'll tell you that. Uh, that is a fact. Yeah. Um, I just don't have enough, and and I don't think I'll ever have enough at this point because I'm looking for those sensation comics, those early Wonder Womans from uh, pre '58, you know, '57, early in the mid '50s, uh, the BDSM covers. You know, they've got some neat stuff in Wonder Woman. They really said some stuff back then. But I'm also a fan of William Moulton Marsden. You know, the, he created the lie detector and the golden lasso of truth. So. Anytime you've got a dual footnote in history like that guy, I'm involved. I love it. Yeah, that's what I mean. But that's what gets in comics the edge. You know, there's there's people that are involved in comics that are, you know, used to be rocket scientists, used to be, you know, they're just big brain people. They're lucky to be in that. I I wanted to get your opinion on something. I've kind of been holding on to this for the entire uh, three seconds now. Nice. Here we go. Um, in, in talking about what may potentially happen with Rebirth, and also with uh, calling back to something that we talked about on previous uh, get-togethers. We talked about how uh, 
the, the changes in Superman's powers, how he got empowered, actually got me interested in the character. And I started picking up the book. And then they did some really questionable things with the, uh, that seemed very out of character for the character. And, and I kind of didn't, wasn't thrilled with the whole white ring thing. Just some of the, the characterization of him felt very long. I didn't feel like I was reading the Superman. It's not your Boy Scout anymore, is well, it? Well, he doesn't necessarily have to be that, because I never liked the Boy Scout, but it was certainly different from the character that I've been reading two issues ago. Yeah. different. And then I discovered, and I don't know how I missed this, but I discovered um, Superman, Lois, and Clark, the TV show, the comic book. Now, I read Convergence, and I've gone on record as saying I was completely confused at the end of this thing. Did they not show the original Superman and original Lois married, leaving their Earth and coming to ours? Because I don't remember. Um, I don't want to say it was in Booster Gold. Okay, For some reason, I want to say it was in the Booster Gold. Okay, because I, 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 I wouldn't have read that. So the booster, Booster's a big time travel, right? So he's the fumbling, befuddling idiot making all this time travel problems happen. Uh, he comes out of the, the Convergence as Wayrider, um, a character that we saw back in the 90s at Vanishing Point and have seen in the Legends of Tomorrow TV show coming up soon. You know, These are all, you know, if we don't have uh, Booster fumbling around in the timeline and Rip Hunter, um, that's where Convergence is really spawning out of. It comes out of old canon DC crisis stuff where multiple Earths exist. You know, that, that stuff is... Uh, the, those tiny little moments that spawn like a whole book like that are interesting, and I, I don't I don't know why all of a sudden they give you that one little moment where they boop, there's parallax, uh, you have Lois and Clark and their son, uh, Telos. There's a couple of multiversal travelers that are hanging on after convergence. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought that the original Superman being back in the uh, current universe would have been news. I had no idea until I caught an article about it. I'm like, what? I went back and read this. That's an amazing book. Right. And I did not like Superman before New 52, but I like pre-New 52 Superman now that he's in New 52. Uh, they, used to have, they used to have Earth 2 Superman in the Earth 1 format and for Infinite Crisis. And people loved the character. Old Sage, old Superman with his heartstrings that literally attached to Wonder Woman's, or uh, Lois's, sorry. Um, you know, his, his dying wife there in the bed, you know, that, like it really gave some gravity to an old man Superman. Um, and now that he is in the, the, the uh, what do we call it, uh, our, our Earth, Earth, Earth Prime, yeah. or whatever you would call it, uh, DC's current continuity, um, I, I, I think that we're, we're going to be pleasantly surprised in how he interacts with the universe. Uh, if you know anything about the crisis defense, sacrifice is necessary, and if sacrifices aren't made, um, any sacrifices are usually made by the, the people that were left over from the last universe. You know, that's that's usually how it runs in the DC. Lady Quark was one of them from Crisis on Infinite Earth. It's been a mouthful after a while. <laughs> but, you know, like they're always asking DC. These kind of uh, transforming, you know, transformative characters from one universe to the next to, to sacrifice themselves for the next universe. Um, I think we're going to see a big one of those out of out of Superman and maybe the birth of the Superboy. That would kind of be neat if his son stuck around and kind of became Superboy, or or say they fling, 
his son in the future that's suitable in the Legion. Legion's definitely not right now. You know what I find is funny though is that the while the, obviously the original Superman character is older than our current one, they don't look appreciably older really than when they're drawn. I mean, it, it, some, the difference between 25 and even 39 it is so minuscule, sometimes you can't tell. Um, I can just see though, having that, that contrast of the original Superman kind of makes our current Superman kind of, I, I don't want to say I want to be wrong, but I can imagine it all together. He'd be like, he's what are soft. you doing? Yeah, he's soft. Superman right now is very soft. He's very worried about other people. He's very worried about Lana and Steel, and, and you know he's got his mind other places. And he's got this large inferiority complex right now. He used to be able to lift the planet. Now he, you know, can't lift the back of a car sometimes in the comic. And I think that um, the way they're dealing with that and, and using kryptonite to kind of burn off his his dying cancerous cells, his person cells, if you will. Um, I think it's pretty ingenious. Um, it's a great PSA for people undergoing chemotherapy right now. Um, if you're struggling in chemotherapy and you're wondering how to fight about it, you might want to pick up the new Superman book. Um, it's just, he's dealing with his body tearing itself apart, and that's why he's fighting in that ring, because he's so diminished that he had to find something to do. That he was outed by Lois, he can't go back to his job, the whole world knows him, and now he's an alien. You know, that's a that's a twist they've been trying to make on Superman for 75 years. To really turn him into an outsider. Not your daddy's boy scout, not the, you know, the you know, truth justice in the American way, but an alien that immigrated to our planet, was raised by salt of the earth Kansas people, people that you can normally relate with, and he humanized this golden sun guy. You know, this this God of a, a character that literally is unharmable. Um, so they harm him with, you know, uh, his humanity. And, and only, only does he show his strength in the Superman book with his humanity. In those moments when he has a chance to lay down and die, and stands up and goes again bloody from head to toe. Um, so it's just something we've never seen Superman bleed. You know, he's he's recently been nose bleeding, eye bleeding, oh, ear bleeding. Yeah. yeah, he's getting his his butt pounded. And I think it's I think it's a <laughs> Yeah, I saw that coming too. They laughed at it, I don't know. So anyway, he's getting worked out and uh, and, and we're getting a, a new man of steel. And for to be a man of steel you gotta be forged. And it takes a lot of hits. And uh, eventually we'll be harder than steel and we'll be back to our red trunks on the outside, hopefully. Because that's what I see coming. I don't know how anyone else is not seeing the costume coming back, the, the, the cape flapping in the wind, the fully powered Superman leading the Justice League. Uh, I think that that's something that the world wants. And when you're saying that, you know, the, the kind of whiny, demure, punk Superman, um, I think like, we're just watching, we're getting a chance to watch him grow when our grandparents watched him grow the first time. You know, we didn't get a chance to watch him leave the tall building. Someone else did. We got told about it. You know, um, so, so now we're getting our opportunity to watch our Man of Steel kind of come to fruition and, and earn the, the cape and, and tights. Um, which, you know, the, the superhero is the imagery, is the, the icon, the symbol. You know, the, a t-shirt is what he's wearing right now as a symbol. I think that shows what level of seriousness they're doing with Superman. 
you know, when he earns the right to put the suit back on, I think it's we're going to see our best ever Superman. I kind of like the, uh, the whole like armory kind of outfit. Yeah. I like that. Except, except for the only thing I have a problem with is that's Kryptonian battle armor and it looks just like the Flashes and just like Batman's and just like Wonder Woman's. Like how many battle armors do we get to have in this universe? Well, like, everyone saw, you know, saw, you know, carbon fiber, you know. And they all saw Batman, Batman Begins. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bicarbon tri-weave fibers and whatever. Um, no, the fact of the matter, you're going to see a little outfit work in the new movie too, I think. They're going to, you'll see a couple outfit changes throughout the film that are going to be exciting for fans. Um, and they may homage things that were done in the book, uh, I think, the books that are going to be the best. I think we're going to see a nice Frank Miller outfit. I think that's pretty, that's pretty out there in the media now. You can say, you can say we're going to see that, a battle armored uh, Bruce. Um, the desert armor, armor is intriguing. I, I, I'd like to see where they go with that. Uh, he is fighting Superman soldiers. What, what sort of Superman soldiers are we talking about? Because that can be cool. Cadmus, you know, what, whatever, the, whatever the implications are of that. All that stuff are going to be the nods to the comic book reader. Those are going to be the things that we get to understand the rest of the world, world just sees in the background as thugs battling Hero A. You know, when in reality we're going to know they're know, the science blues or something cool like that, you know, they're just, they're pulled off the page. And I, I think Zack Snyder's done that well, and uh, hopefully, you know, I guess I wouldn't even say hopefully, I'm pretty confident that when they put that movie out, we're going to have our full-fledged DC universe, and it may draw people that are closer to those new Rebirth comics that are coming out right on time, mm -hmm. you know, so if, if, if they come out good and everything comes out together and the movies start coming out right, I, I think DC might take a, a shot at that top spot. I think that's what Wonder, Wonder Warner Brothers is really aiming for, is that top spot in the comic book world and in, and in the box office. And hopefully, the most iconic characters of all time can do that for them. Yeah. There was uh, one other thing I, I know I've been dying to ask you since our last conversation. With all of the changes, do you think there is still some unpaid off bit of Flashpoint that is still coming our way. I hope is so. It, it is, is it tied back that far? I think, why wouldn't it be? Uh, we're well, seeing things, we're seeing things now that are, that are out of the 80s, out of the 90s. We're seeing, you know, uh, character work that's, that's, like I said, with the Wildstorm stuff coming in. We're dealing with uh, a broad scope multiversal event where they're, they're going to draw from Earth 2, because we're still seeing great Earth 2 society, or, you know, they're going to draw from all over the place. And I think the Rebirth has a lot to do with, with the Earth 2 society book, and Justice League America, and Justice League. Those three books are running a really cool, tight storyline right now. And how, when they collide, I think, is when this, when this Rebirth is going to happen. And the best part is we don't even know. Like, Rebirth is the coin name. But like, there's an event in there. Uh, uh, I just feel it. Mm -hmm. They're gonna launch. I guess their free comic book day book is still under wraps. It's still confidential on that. I done haven't told anyone what it's gonna be like. And that's how they launched Flashpoint and the Meat too. Is like a black bag unknown meat free comic book day book. And I, I see that coming again. It's a great delivery system um, to get people to see what's coming next. Um, and hopefully we can 
you know, take the ride with the rebirth and hopefully it doesn't doesn't disappoint. Because the comic book industry needs strong storytelling, like I said before. But as long as it's strong, I think people will read it. And and or authenticate uh, authentic and uh, for the masses. It's gotta be for everybody. It can't be just for one group to satisfy or satiate them. It's gotta be for everybody. And I think that's where DC is is uh, a little bit head and shoulders above the other companies. They have a pantheon that really relates to everyone. Um, you can find your angst in Marvel. You can find your depression. You can find your your dynamic superhero. Um, but I think no one really empathizes like you do when you look at a Batman. Or they're in some people's souls, I guess, is a way to put it. Spider-Man's one of the only Marvel characters, in my opinion, that's been able to really do that. I meet some Spider-Man guys that are just like, if they could be Peter Parker, they would. And, uh, and people want to be Bruce Wayne, and it's like uh, that. The like I said earlier, role models, you know, and they're fictitious, which is neat. You know, we're kind of looking at false things and, and drawing meaning out of it. Hopefully, the writers and the you know and the artists take our you know our sensibilities in hand when they when they create this stuff. Because um, the older collector and buyer of comic books tends to get pretty pissed off when you screw things up. Oh, yeah. And and and. I think it's easy. I mean, I I look at it and I look at Dalvin Fife and I mean, I I could line these things up for them if they if they can. You know, I just feel like it's there's there's definite people know what they want. You know, a twelve year old comes in here looking for you know the next Robin comic book. He knows what he wants. He saw it on Teen Titans. He's been asking his mom all about it. They decide and they know and they're well informed. You know, we should listen to them. Because I wish they listened to me when I was 12. It would have been good through that 2000 corridor, not so, not so choppy. Yeah, we'll see. I'll take it under advisement. Just say uh, the generational gap is something that comic books is is left a couple of times, and they've done it a couple of times pretty successfully. Um, and every time they seem to do it, it adds a little bit more value to the previous. Uh, run of comics, you know, the 40s comic books are skyrocketing, the, you know, the 80s comic books are creeping, the 70s comic books are strong, you know, Silver Age, try to find some, you know, like, 60s comic books are being vacuumed up all over the world. Um, I think the 60s comics were the closest to pop art, as, as we would have today, is more promotional art and almost like uh, print media art as opposed to back in, in the 60s and 50s. I feel like the, the pop art movement, the art deco movement really influenced the, the colors and compositions and the covers a little better. Um, it gave you a better shot of what was going on inside the book for perhaps. Because those guys made stories and two pictures. Uh, uh, and then, bam, you knew everything about the hat. You know, so they were able to put Superman and Batman next to each other and you got it. You know what I mean? Kurt uh, Swamp, uh, Carmine Infantino, um, some of the greats. You, know, you don't have Iconic without those people. You don't have Supergirl dying in Superman's arms without those people. You don't, that's why That's why it's good to have those generational gaps um, and appreciation for them. Um, the fact that five diverse aged people were sitting around the table talking about the comics is why Boba should be here. Right. You know, <laughs> uh, the, the input of the, that age group, I think, it, it would strengthen the podcast. Um, yeah, that's why I tried to bring Lana on. Well, I should make it. 
<laughs> but I mean, uh, look, big boys talk. It's still, you know, like they, they can add their two cents in as, as a segment, you know, because they matter a little bit more than we do. They don't have the capital to spend, but they have, they, they know what's good. Sometimes better than what we know. We just know what we experience. They know what's cool right now. They know, they know what's fresh. You know, so staying in touch with uh, with what they like is one of my number one jobs. You know, talking to every child that comes in here is one of the pleasures of the job. You know, because they are fully committed to it. You know, I thought I wore a lot of superhero regalia and <laughs> items, and you see somebody had to tell Batman to go get it. You know, that's that's cool. Speaking of, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I think that's what we're here for. Uh, Jeff mentions, well, Jeff mentions as well. Like we're, 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 we sell stuff. Sure, it's our job to sell stuff and sell comics and, and get on our soapbox and tell you how cool they are and do podcasts. But it's about the, you know, the the involvement, the and, uh, the appreciation amongst them. You know, you see two brothers in here ripping through the lawn boxes. Need it, need it, got to need it. And and they settle in on one book, and you watch one of them grab it and snatch it out of the other one's hand, and then they discuss who's paying for it, and then they decide who's going to put it in their collection. You know, there's there's uh, something to be said about finding rare and exotic things that are valuable or invaluable. You're still looking for those guys in See, yeah, exactly. It's probably a three dollar book. You know, <laughs> it's it's you know it's probably not a fortune. You know, or can be obtained for that price level, but find it. You know what I mean? That's the, the best part. And that's why the whole, you know, the internet's great. You can go out and buy your comic collection if you want, but come hang out with us at a Comic Con. You'll figure it out in about two hours, whether you like sitting on the screen or sitting in our booth. You'll figure it out. It's easy to tell. And, uh, uh, I mean, we, over the last year, we've met some of the coolest and most influential people in the market media. And this year, I think we only, you know, can climb higher. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. You guys are now just exposing our our uh, our momentum and popularity to the world through Geekbot. A lot of one of the best hidden secrets of series before a lot of this stuff started happening. So we're excited. You know, 2016 looks great. I know your podcast schedule is full because of it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we've got three events in the next two weeks. Yep. Yep. That's busy. And, uh, and and what a shame to be busy on something like to do, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I love the good stress. I you know I love the good stress. Uh, bad stress, you know, I, I shelf that for a while. But the good stress of comics and giving people what they want—it's a burden. I mean, it's a burden like Superman's. You just—it's never-ending battle, and you, you only have a certain number of people can do it. But I feel count myself lucky enough to do it. Um, and the fact that you even said I'm a knowledgeable comic book person just sends me to a different planet because I, I learn from everyone that comes in here adds to my bucket of knowledge, every drop, you know, that's not all me. You know, I, I just compile really well. <laughs> I reiterate and remember really well. So that's where a lot of it comes from. Yeah, I, I like that, yeah. <laughs> um, no, and that sounds like your super villain name. Yeah, for sure. Superpower. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my superpower, uh, man. If I were to pick a super, super a real superpower would be uh, matter transmogrification. I would want the control of matter in all formats. I would just change everything to my whim and need on a moment's notice. Uh, change everyone's oxygen to nitrogen when they needed it. 
you know, they'd have to trust me. Yeah, I know, I know, I thought about it a while. Um, yeah, no, well, I mean, every day, every day, I mean, uh, one of my favorite questions is what if you had a superpower, what would it be? I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. You know, most people go for uh, invisibility flight, you know, all these these quick shots, these these little ones, and I'm like, man, you gotta, you gotta read some you gotta read some better comics, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> manipulation, like... Uh, okay, so you're talking about like... Thought like, processes, yeah, Sure, like electro-transmissions in the brain yeah. and stuff like that. But that's... So that's, that's, that's well, that, that, that's cool. You're, you're dealing in, in the, uh, yeah, almost atomic, subatomic levels, you know, that's, you know, all those things are neat. Um, anytime you can... It's, well, it's like Aquaman, like Jeff said earlier, like Aquaman, underwater, there's so much that we don't know about. You know what I mean? That's a great storytelling platform. Take something no one knows about and tell stories. Subatomic world, go ahead. You know, the Atom, uh, the Atom, uh, Ant-Man, they just, uh, that, that world's undiscovered. You know, the, they just haven't shown enough of it. They can, you know, who didn't love how many shrunken kids? Oh, like, you know, like, who didn't love that? And those are... Uh, those are those are great stories, and um, well, that, and we'll see more of that. Uh, that's why that's why we're we're at the cap is because they they want this train to keep rolling. Uh, both both mega mega trillionaires, uh, Disney and Warner Brothers, want to keep this going as long as possible. Um, why wouldn't they take billions of dollars? Um, sure, it's well, the, uh, no, we're the endless possibility. We're the ones that get to decide. And for the first time in our lives, we hold the gavel. And uh, we decide what's cool. You know, it's no longer the jocks. It's no longer the, you know, the, the normal archetype uh, popularity deciders. It's us now. It's the nerds. Yeah, nerds. I just watched that movie again the other day. It's fantastic. <laughs> Unedited on HBO. Nice. Can't go wrong, yeah. That, that, and Revenge of the Nerds, uh, both of them were fantastic. Um, but yeah, you got a little glimpse on that movie, where we're at right now. That was a fantasy for nerds back then. And it was then, and the movie was like, no, that'll never happen. And it didn't happen for all those nerds that grew up with that time period. They did not have the big stage show. The sorority girls did not go home with them. It was not like that. Um, and now, you know, we're, Comic book people are very attractive. Comic book, like, I walked into a bar where um, I got a stack of graphic novels and comic books under my arm. I'm gonna have a beer and read something. So, you know, it's pretty common in my local club for me. People see me doing it all the time. But I get sat next to like some of the best looking girls in my life. They're like, what you reading? What you reading? Like, and I would never think that that's, that would be what attracts them. But 2016, here we are. And we've taken over the planet, and I hope people to share our perspective and grow the ride. You know, we're only here for once. You know? So might as well take it, might as well drink it up, take it in, read a lot, you know, buy a t-shirt, you know, say all I got from this trip is this long t-shirt. You know? Yeah well I yeah I won't buy a t-shirt unless it's a comic book t-shirt. Hi guys. Oh I gotta stand up for a second guys. I got some more people to score. Got work. Hi guys, how you doing? Sorry, I'm going to start with the convention. Six months for me. I've got four months. Yeah, so we're going to go for a month. We're going to start with the convention.
so we're having a little I was good, <laughs> yeah, good for about a week to count the Star Wars has come out because I had a few of those. Maybe a little bit longer, but unfortunately uh, I stopped seeing it because you know, at Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully soon, yeah, yeah, hopefully soon I'll start buying it. I think my goal was I'm going to play Carly Quinn for this car I'm trying to sell. We'll send you a picture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to give you a business. Can you put Loba and Carly on there? I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. It's going to be my house. That would be So it wouldn't surprise me if it was pretty chopped. I know it's all. Ah, they're owned by different companies. Yeah, they are. Hey, you see and, and, and didn't, didn't we already go over that a few weeks ago? Never mind. Uh, so, uh, you know, every, every time we talk to Josh, we come to inspiration. This must be a church role. Yeah, because it makes you feel good about God, it makes you feel good about yourself, the past, and where we are right now. I always walk away from these things and I can't imagine if I was here more than I already am doing this. Uh, I just see two hundred people. The clubs and the councils. Yeah, I think they finish with their soliloquy and it's like. Yeah. Well, the way they deal with the customers and when they get to the and they just become back. Can I tell you? I came in here because of Paul, really, because I had to.
I feel like uh, it's another another one that, that's bugging me. Have you uh, read any of the uh, McDonald's series? Spinning out of Spider-Man, of course. Uh, great idea to take a great character like Carnage decide to do something new with him. Yeah. Uh, artwork, horrible. Absolutely horrendous. Even the covers. Again, I'm struggling to make myself read it. I hate to say that. And you know what bothers me is I don't like sitting here and saying that somebody else is lying or something you're going to be lying I feel bad about that. But when it when it's like John, um, I know that recently there was a, kind of a purge of a lot of the uh, artists from a lot of companies. There was talk about that how they felt like they were going to be a lot of uh, older, more respected. You know, companies sometimes do they get rid of people that they know. I, I don't know if that really was, the, was what happened. I know there's a lot of uh, news stories about it. But I feel, especially in the Marvel side, the one, one place DC is really holding it up for the most part is the Marvel I'm not seeing any bad Marvel I a lot of Marvel books. Yeah. I mean, one of the... One of the, you know, the highlights that we talked about earlier, uh, Jeff brought up in you know, Black Widow, Black Widow number one, which I read, which is, it's an interesting book because at the end of the book, I don't know which way they're going, because Black Widow's been on the Avengers, but also the last series she had, which was before she was more, it was a real, it was espionage, it was what Black Widow was supposed to be, you know, she was supposed to be like a spy, but she got co-opted by a superhero. Well, her last book, which was separate from all that, was very espionage. It was a pretty good book. On this new one, I feel like it's going there, but there's very little dialogue. It's almost always a, a protracted sequence. And at the end of it, I'm like, well, I don't know what kind of book this is. I know what it probably is. I know what it could be because they're in the same way. But it's really kind of nebulous. Not necessarily in that way, but I didn't get a feel for whether I want to bring this issue to or not. Because I started reading the last series, and then I decided I really didn't like the spot stuff. Artwork, work-wise, uh, it's definitely uh, a style departure, but it's not a bad one. It's something probably you would like. I would, I would peg you for a black one. I would peg you for a black one.
and now I'm like bouncing all over the place where I've got 19 and 24 and Josh, back. Right. Back to business. 
I now work in a place where I don't have to really pay attention to my grooming standards. <laughs> and I, a long time ago, when I did have to pay attention to my grooming standards, I, I hated shaving my face and cutting my hair. And I was a long-haired, grungy kid back in the back in the nineties, and you know I missed that part about me when I got older, and now I let it out a little bit. So I like the way I look. We're going to wrap up here, so are you good? I will say thank you very much to Geek Rock. <laughs> thank you very much for coming out for the convention kickoff. Uh, we'll be doing this again for the premiere party for the Superman Batman movie that's coming out. And if you get that chance to listen to this before that happens, come on down and buy a ticket for the premiere. Thanks, guys. Josh, this is a good second speech. All right, guys. Yeah. So I'm thinking, uh, does anybody have any final thoughts? Or anything we talk about? What you guys said, um, Josh and Jeff, the way they talk, it's wisdom. It's just great. They teach us a lot. It's very, it's like the book of words that Josh and Jeff. It's been great. <laughs> You're just smiling. Your smile is my favorite. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> we should make you buy a comic book. Uh, 
Can you buy me one? You can buy me one. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I have a question. <laughs> He's like, I don't even have a restaurant. He won. I wasn't even in this back then. funny because we've discussed the history and how Paul and I started beforehand or whatever. He never told me he was doing this until he kind of had everything down. So I couldn't even have been listening to it back then because I didn't know it existed until he gets a hold of me and says, hey, guess what I've been doing the past few months? You should come on over. Well, no, just because you had that look on your face when you were going to say something completely wrong and inappropriate. Why would I do that? She knows. Your girlfriend's laughing. She knows. Yep, yep. No, no, no. No, that wasn't the face. So what did you want to say? Gonna come out. There's a spike there. Okay, cool. A spike. Um, yeah, the, the, the whole, you know, pain is the most. I can't even say fear because um, when Jeff and Paul, I get Jeff and Paul. Well, my brother's name is Jeff, my dad's name is Paul. You know, I kind of. Yeah, I've, I've known people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, anyways. Really it, it doesn't affect me. When, when Jesse and Josh kind of talk, it's, it's like, it's compelling. And it's like, and I, I leave feeling like, huh, oh, this is, I, I'm blown away. You didn't realize it was a culture, did Well, I knew it was a culture, but it, it was also, is this me? Um, Do I call myself a comic aficionado? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, you know, like, uh, I own a gun. Aficionado? Maybe, maybe not. A lot of different, you know, So if you like fish, you're a fish. Exactly. I like this. But actually, I don't like fish. I just want to say that one. Fish nachos? What? Fish nachos? I'm making them tonight, fish tacos. 
doing it all in the second time Yes. My brain cells migrate. Oh, so you're looking at it. She's got a few of my brain cells. I don't want to know how many cells you could be, okay? It's not in the house. Anyway. Well, what did you find here? something that Geek Pod generally ever does. Yeah, you, you've, done a, you've done a good job today. Yes. I wasn't talking about that kind of focus though. When this started, <laughs> it was supposed to be about comics. Paul really knows more comics history than I do. I've, I've read what I like, and I peripherally, I always keep track of it. Whereas, I've never gone from, I've read a different comic because a writer that I like in another comic was there, but I've never said, oh, this guy's moving to this place. You talk to Paul and you'll find like, uh, the, the guy that was drawing Green Lantern during this era when I wanted to do this. Those are things I've never been able to keep track of. So I've always kind of felt like, you know, he, he was really the comic guy, even though he was the outset. He was the comic guy. Um, I was more than comic, I, I, I knew about what I was about and a lot about other so I was useful too. I kind of felt though that once Geekcon got rolling, I was kind of gone away from it. keep the, the book recommendations in there. But you know what? Every week I have to run back and read it. That's always the last thing I do in the comic But you know what? I feel like this is comics is an afterthought. Why don't we do a show? If we're going to do in store Comic Con, why don't we make it all about comics? Let's focus on what we started when we decided we wanted to do this. I think it went pretty well, even for folks who aren't as versed in comics as the rest of us. I think you guys did a good job. Oh well, yeah, we're trying. Like it's like what you guys have been saying when Jeff was saying, like watch these like comic books and movies. Mine was just the opposite. I watched like yeah, exactly. We watched the movies. I'm like, is there really a Batman comic book? Then I learned about Bob Kane and all that stuff. Well, the movie gives you a little more, and then you want to figure out the rest of their story. So I think that's like, it takes three movies to be like, okay, I'm just thinking like how they did that, but I need more information than that. It's like watching the Mary Father movie, but it's realizing that half the plot doesn't even in the movie. No, you're absolutely right. I remember growing up, I think I said it to you guys, I'll come home from school, turn down Warner Brothers kids, watch Batman and the Legend of Oh my god, that's great. It was great though, it was like, I, I am doing it. But that's yeah, why yeah. I think you have told us. I just remember watching it at least two times. I want to mention that very Exactly. You got me. Now so you're my head. What the heck's going on? I'm glad everything that's happening, that's yeah. odd, is happening on that end of the day. So, I would like to uh, 
thank Cloud City Comics and Toys and the Shopping Town Mall for once again letting us be here. Uh, we didn't really get to a whole lot of what's happening in the uh, in-store Comic-Con. That's because we were talking about what was going on. It's a podcast. It's kind of unavoidable. Uh, thank Josh and Jeff for sitting down with us. Uh, I want to thank Paul for being in Florida so we could try doing this without him and see how it worked. <laughs> no, no, we did not. Thank you, Josh. Well, it's nice to have the extra space and the microphones so we can do some things I might not normally have been able to do. Everybody was here. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and you know, I don't know how to close this. We don't usually close the events for the WTF files. Oh, there you, you go. Got, I like that. Hey, wait. Josh, can you do it? Can you do it? We're going to let Josh close this show. You've been listening to Geek Pod! This has been a Geek Pod Network production. If you're enjoying us, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and follow us everywhere. On Twitter, at GeekPod, G33KPOD. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekpod. Want to get in touch with us? Email us at contribute at geekpod.com.